0: Morning everyone. Merry post-Christmas, I guess, is appropriate. Hope that you had a great uh, time with your families. Uh, we wanted to, to kind of actually be a little bit intentional maybe in keeping this morning a little bit shorter. So uh, I, I expect that I will be shorter. Okay, um, this is not my iPad and I don't know how I turn up brightness. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um just actually want to share uh, something uh, quickly. Um, and uh, for those of you here and for those of you watching online, uh, we so we had talked about uh, delivering turkeys to Lighthouse mission. Um, we had made that appeal and actually there was a little bit of money that came in for that and then as the church we felt that we wanted to give to that. Uh, unfortunately another church beat us to it and just provided all of it. And so Uh, That was okay, though. So what we did this week, uh, Carlin took some of the youth boys out. So thanks to Thomas and uh, Samuel and Avner, they went shopping. And we actually provided um, two hampers uh, to Lighthouse Missions. And those are really for any time. They just need these emergency shelters. Yeah, Carlin. Oh, okay, closer to three hampers. So um, just a a great way that we're able to partner with Lighthouse in these days and, and serve the people in downtown Winnipeg. So... For those of you who are wondering what we did, got that delivered this week, and um, again, we'll be looking forward to, probably in the next month or two, we're going to want to go to Lighthouse again there for a Friday evening and serve, uh, and a few of us can go. So, I I felt this message this morning, or or the verses for this message, began to percolate in me a few weeks back, as I was kind of thinking about post-Christmas and what the Lord would have, Uh, and it was before Omicron hit and everything and all these new restrictions and kind of now we're, we're back in working through, th- through stuff. And, and I was thinking back over this year. That was kind of part of, of, of what I was doing and, and what we may have expected and what was 2021. Uh, maybe some of you recall how I began 2021, what I preached on. Um, I preached on how to be content no matter what happens Remember that? And 2021 was certainly like, probably a lot of stuff happened that we didn't expect. Um, and, and I remember there being a fair bit of optimism as we went into 2021. You remember that? Like there was a fair bit of like, you know, we're over this, we're gonna get through this, we're gonna, and, and 2021's gonna be brighter days. Um, and, and the very questions that I proposed almost a year ago. I went back and I looked and I was like, man, they are just as relevant right now. And and the questions that I proposed a year ago were, what if all the expectations for the coming year aren't met? Uh, What if the lockdowns and restrictions don't lift the way we expect or want them to? What if new strains of COVID put us back into restrictions? What if infection rates go up again? What if the economy doesn't rebound? What if, what if, what if? Those are some of the questions I proposed a year ago. We, we're living amidst a situation where things can change rapidly. I mean, we saw this now in the last couple of weeks. While at the same time, I think we kind of feel like we're, we're stuck in this like perpetual loop of things. Like it's just like, okay, oh, here we go again. Oh, here we go again. And, and, I'm, and I'm continuously reminded, how will I respond to all of this? How will I respond? Which is kind of what led me to the beginning of 1 Peter and sparked the question for this morning that Carlos mentioned. And that is the question that I want to ask this morning is what will all this result in? And, and, and this being... Whatever you're facing and feeling and whatever's hard right now, wherever you're at on the spectrum, like, man, I am so sick and tired of what, you know, the head of our Manitoba healthcare system is saying. I'm so tired of that. I am just, I am not listening to that. That makes me angry. That makes me frustrated. Or I'm just, I'm so apathetic right now. Or I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what the government says. Or, you know, if you're like, ah, you know, I'm, Whatever comes, like wherever, right, there's just, there's such a spectrum right now that people are on, and so it's, what will this, what will all that result in? And and I know I've said this at various, uh, in various ways over the past couple months, And I I, I absolutely believe this, like in the fiber of my being, that God has a purpose for us in these days. And we can miss it. We can miss it. All what is happening right now, yes, all of it, holds the potential for incredible good in our lives. How? To make us more like Jesus. Jesus. How we respond in these days matters. Maybe that feels like a perpetual loop. I think we need to keep being reminded. How we respond in these days matters. And so we come to the end of 2021 and we're about to enter a new year that we, we already know it's going to hold challenges and yet it's largely unknown what those challenges are going to be. We don't know. So I want to I invite us in that kind of context to open up First Peter this morning, consider what it speaks to us about our posture in these days. What is our posture coming into 2022? So you can open, uh, turn with me to First Peter 1, I'm going to start reading at verse 3, we're going to go to verse 9 together. First Peter 3, First Peter 1 verse 3. And it'll be behind me on the screen too. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith In praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though even though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Jesus, I thank you that these words are true that they are life, that they speak such profound, profound goodness to our souls. And they remind us that in the midst of all these things, that you are with us, and that you are working. And God, I pray right now that you would open up our hearts and our minds this morning to receive and to be glad for all that you have for us out of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So... These words were written to a number of of churches across a a fairly large uh, swath of the Roman Empire from what we know to a mixture of what we believe was Jewish and Gentile believers. Most of them having far, very little status in society. Very little status. They had a lot less for them going than the majority of Canadians a lot less. And, and their choice to follow Jesus as the Messiah had repercussions on them in what was a Hellenistic culture that just worshipped a plethora of gods, and they couldn't get their minds around this group of people that was saying there is one true God in heaven who we are called to worship and disregard everything else. So that's that's kind of the climate of the culture they're in. They were outcasts, they were outliers facing a very uncertain future. This is where I hesitate to even make comparisons to our culture. We have not had to make the life-altering decisions that these people had to make to follow Jesus as Messiah. And, it, and it, like, I feel like it would actually be disingenuous this morning to try and make comparisons and go, oh yeah, it's the same thing for us. Because it's not. It just isn't. What is happening right now is our way of life, our comforts, our normalcy, our likes, what we think should happen, has been challenged by the pandemic and government decisions. We've lost autonomy. We've lost control. Absolutely. We don't like it. Yep. When the government asks churches to abide by certain restrictions along with the rest of society, by the way, Why do some act as if it's their inherent right to just do whatever they like? That's the question I'm asking myself right now. Why do Christians think it's their inherent right to go, nope, screw it, blow it off, I'm not doing it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to listen, while the rest of society is being told this is what we need to do? I'm asking that question. The question we all constantly face is, how are we going to respond But we're okay. So, having said all that, we're still struggling and suffering to different extents during this time. COVID has this way of just bringing so many issues to the surface, and none of us have faced a time like this in our lives with this amount of division, ever. And and so, while I don't think we're anywhere close to experiencing. Uh, what those who Peter was writing to or dealing with. Like, I don't even think we're anywhere close to that. Um, as we come to the end of this year and as we enter into 2022, there's underlying questions for us in these verses. And so I, I have three questions that I want to ask. I want to draw out from these verses that I believe can, can posture us for the days to come. And, and you know, we, we don't know what this week will bring. Like, like I, I anticipate this week is going to bring more changes and there's going to be more things that come out and we don't like it. So I think this is very relevant right now. First question. Will all this result in a refinement of my faith? So Peter, he speaks of suffering grief in all kinds of trials and says that so that they've come so that faith can be proven to be genuine. Peter, he says here that that this faith is greater worth than gold, which perishes as a result of being refined by fire. So in the first century, what what he's talking about here, the refinement of gold, this involved a a craftsman that would sit by this massive kind of, um, massive fire with with. Uh, molten gold being stirred that would be re- being removing all the impurities and all the dross would rise and it would be removed so that the gold could be refined to be made pure. So this is, and, and these fires would exceed in excess of probably about a thousand degrees Celsius or more. So we're talking a massive process of refining. It, it was a, a dangerous and exacting process. It took precision. It took dedication but for gold to have the impurities removed this process was absolutely necessary it had to happen those parts of the gold that weren't pure had to be removed and and this is connected here in these verses to our faith It it seems to suggest that suffering and trials are part of this very process that refines our faith. That there's a removing of the impurities that would actually otherwise remain if this didn't happen. Now, Peter says we're not being burned. So we're not, not, to the extent we're like, we're not being burned like that part of the refinement process. But this image is of a process still that will not be easy. And it reveals something, I think, that we all have to wrestle with. God allows us to experience hard things to refine us. When we face difficult situations, circumstances in our lives, loss of control, pain, grief, we, we all have a choice to make. And, and that is, we're going to look for any way out of this, like, just get me out of this process. I don't like it. Or we might deny that it's even happening or that we want it to happen. Or we allow God to do his work in us to make us more like Jesus. So these are some of the questions that I'm finding myself asking myself. And and I'm finding it's, it's being so helpful for perspective. Questions like, God, what do you to do in me what do you desire to do in me through this? Whatever it is that we're facing, God, what are you desiring to do in me? Are, are we quick to keep control at all costs? Or to blame or judge others? It's, it's their fault. It's, it's, it's their fault that this is happening. Or do we ask how God is coming to us in the very midst of the difficulty? Do we, do we even operate with a paradigm that we need refinement? Like, do I operate with a paradigm that my life, in my life, I need to go through a refining process? That this is not just happenstance or accident, but actually this is God's way to remove impurities out of my life. And, and where we're prone to be fixated and consumed by all manner of stuff happening around us and all the swirling stuff, right? Giving way to all sorts of sinful behavior and attitudes in us rather than seeking God for how he desires to work in us in the midst of it. Even when we feel angry, confused, anxious, whatever, where am I not seeing what God wants to do? And, and this is where I feel COVID can be a huge red herring for us. A huge distraction. And, and where it just has the potential to continuously, as the church, keep us distracted. We're always being distracted by the next thing. And I think that it's providing to be very effective right now, actually. I'm not, I'm not saying that there isn't difficult aspects to this. There is. But when it's tearing the body of Christ apart, it's showing us how unprepared we are for the things that are to come. Th- this is nothing compared to what is to come. I, I really believe that. This, this is a small, minute thing of what is to come if we are going to stand for Christ In the days to come. And there is a different approach to all of this. For followers of Jesus. We can see this process. As a process for refinement. We can embrace what's transpiring outside of us. And what's transpiring within us. As God allowing it to strengthen our faith. Now. There's also an inherent danger in all this that's lurking. The idea that this refinement is about a better me. Right? A a more purified me. It's unlocking my potential. It's releasing me to be who I was really created to be. Which is true, but in a world where it's all about self, gets twisted fast. And there's a purpose to this refinement that we see here in verse 7. So that... This refinement, so that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The purpose is to keep our fixation on Jesus. This process of refinement, it burns away our self-reliance and self-confidence, actually. Why? So that we can rely on Jesus. Our trials actually keep us trusting Trials have an incredible way to keep us trusting in the Lord. This brings me to the second question from these verses. And that is, will all this result in deeper devotion to Jesus? The the introduction of struggle and trials in our lives, it it has a way of of sharpening our focus and our resolve. For followers of Jesus, they, they remind us where to place our hope and affection, which is what these verses are doing here. In the midst of the junk that life can throw at us, the question is, are we growing in deeper devotion to Jesus? At the, at the end of his letter here, Peter, he reminds us that when Jesus appears, we're going to receive this crown of glory that never fades away. We're actually, it's going to be a crown of glory that we receive. I don't know what that's going to look like, I don't know, you know, is that an actual crown we get? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But there's a crown of glory, he says, that we will receive. That our love, and, and the point is, our love and our devotion for Jesus holds great promise in the days to come. And, and there's this running theme throughout this letter that culminates at the end with this encouragement to not lose sight of the eternal glory that is to come in Jesus. Like, don't lose sight of Jesus in the eternal glory to come. It's so easy to get our eyes off of that. And it's like, Peter's like, don't, don't do that. Because he's in in the midst of our lives, it's of eternal significance that we don't get sidetracked. It's part of this refining process that's preparing us for the age to come. And it reminds us to live. With an eternal perspective. Which, okay, let's be honest, is really easy to lose sight of in the day-to-day minutia of our lives. We we so easily lose perspective of what is to come. So there's a cultivating of this that has to be intentional in training our minds and hearts to be in pursuit of Jesus. Asking questions like, God... What do you desire to do in me in these days to make me more like Jesus? What are you wanting to do in me in that? How, how can I receive this refinement from you to remove that which is hindering me from becoming more like Jesus? Or a question like, where is my love and affection actually misguided and needing to be realigned to pursue Jesus. You know, the, the first part of verse 8 here, it's, it's always been a part, a verse that, that really impacts me. Because I think it's so relevant and speaks to us. Where, he, where Peter says to those receiving this letter, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. This letter was written about 30 to 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. These people, they hadn't seen Jesus in the flesh. They were, they were newer believers who hadn't been there. And yet, these people loved and believed in Jesus as their Savior. They they were pursuing this deep devotion to Jesus in their lives amidst very difficult days of persecution and suffering. And this was a result of this refining process that they found themselves experiencing. It was deepening their devotion to Jesus. So, you know, I I like to take the end of each year, I really like to take this next week and even leading up to this week already, but just beginning uh, to assess how this year has gone for me. You know, what has this year held? Um, I I believe that I'm going to look back on 2021 as an incredibly significant year in many ways. Uh, God has done much good in me, much refining in me this year. I think I see that. I think that my wife sees that. Um, I think some of you see that. It's been immensely difficult at times, but I've seen growth in my life. And I think that, 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 that this year has held that opportunity for us to see growth in ourselves. And you know, it doesn't end when the calendar now turns to 2022. 2022. Right? There's this this process goes on. And and I'm like, part of me is I'm really grateful where trials in our lives bring opportunity for spiritual growth and renewal. It is so good. And what this reveals to us is that God's purposes us. He purposes us at times, actually. Not just allows. He purposes us to experience hard things to grow our devotion to Jesus. He actually, he brings that into our lives. See, we, we I think sometimes we can be conditioned almost incessantly to believe that God's heart is to give us a happy, safe, comfortable, affluent, and pain-free life on this earth. Right? Like, that's, that's the goal that God wants to do. Nowhere in Scripture does it tell us that. Nowhere. We, we manipulate verses, we pull things out of context to convince ourselves of this, and it's just not what the Bible promises. God's heart is that we would surrender our lives so that he can fill us with his life and make us more like Jesus, so that we can minister out of this life to others. That's the goal of life with Jesus. And the promise of Jesus is that we will find true life and we will be filled with joy no matter what comes, which involves hard stuff. That leads me to the last question here this morning I want to ask. And that is, will all this Result in joy, no matter what comes. So this this kind of picks up on last week, right? And this whole thing of welcoming joy into our lives. These these verses here they speak of this inexpressible and glorious joy. Jess, can you do me a favor and just grab me my water? This is this is joy. Thank you. This is joy that is not humanly explained. This, this joy that's talked about in these verses, it, this is joy that's supernatural. It, it's, a, it's a gift from God, this joy. And I think many of us don't experience nearly as much of this joy as we would like to experience. I know I don't. I, I, I want to I experience more of this joy. This, this joy comes from a completely different source than how our world expects joy comes. This isn't circumstantial happiness. This isn't filling us, trying to fill up this happiness bucket in our lives that never gets filled up. This, this joy here is speaking, spoken of as a result of the deep refinement that's gone on this tested genuineness of our faith that's led us into this deeper devotion into Jesus, and then it's led to this inexpressible and glorious joy that's in us. It's not circumstantial. It's not dependent on what's transpiring in our world and in our lives and all around us. It's not, it's not dependent on that. That's, that's the glorious truth of this joy. And that's, that's the challenge for us, isn't it? Right there. I think, I think that's the challenge. Because we see so much inconsistency right now, and it can drive us crazy. Right? For honest, we see a lot of inconsistencies, and we're like, I don't understand this. It can feel frustrating. It can feel incomprehensible. If you're like me, and you're trying to reason through all of this, and you want to see integrity, and you want to see justice, and you want to see fairness... <laughs> The potential is there to become very disillusioned by everything around us. So, I'm constantly asking God, Jesus, give me perspective. Jesus, give me humility. And give me more of the character of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit in me. Because, man, do I need that. Just, just as an aside, I, I, folks, if Christians in this time, if we are known by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, above all things, that we are just, like, that we are, we are walking in the nature of the Holy Spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, all the fruit of the Spirit, that, that is, go- people are going to go, what is going on with you? I think I I really do believe that. But if my joy is dependent on certain conditions being present in my life, whatever I've determined that has to be, or a return to a set of expectations that I have determined must be present for my joy to be a reality in my life, I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. And I mean that, like I'm gonna have disappointment that turns into bitterness. And and I'll likely in that then try to make everything about me and try to make everything about my comfort because I I need this joy. Consider the Apostle Paul. I I heard this this week and it struck me again. He wrote over half of the New Testament. He spent considerable time time. We could do the math. You could probably figure it out. He spent a lot of time in prison and under house arrest or quarantined, if you will. He spent a ton of time in those circumstances. And he wrote what we read of joy in the New Testament. Do you think it was based on his circumstances? Not at all. They're, they're, They're in stocks in the prison and they're singing hymns And they're rejoicing in God in the midst of being in prison. This is is supernatural joy. And if we look at the text here, we see this progression of how this joy is produced in in our lives. Grief, suffering, trials, whatever it is, God is working through all of it to refine and strengthen our faith. All of it. And we embrace God's goodness in the midst of hard stuff as his purposes to make us more like Jesus. And we're experiencing joy. We experience joy in the midst of it as we trust in the hope of Jesus and the inheritance that's promised for us. The inheritance that will never ever spoil, fade, or be ruined. Right? That's, that's when we go back to the beginning of these verses. This this new birth that we have into a what kind of hope? A living hope. It's not dead. It's living. So God will use hard things in our life to solidify and strengthen our faith. How do we feel about that? Do we, do we try and deny that? Do we try to avoid that? Do we try to stuff it down? We can do all that. This is a response that we can choose. You can choose all those responses. They all have an end result. Or we can walk through hard stuff. We can embrace the reality of trials. Things that we don't understand. And we can see God at work in the midst of them. In amidst the mess. You know, we talked just... Kind of, we touched on this on Christmas Eve. And again, I I just I think there's something profound about a big, big part of the Christmas story is Jesus entering in the mess, into the mess, into just a chaotic, messy world in upheaval in so many respects. And, And there was this weariness in the world that was very present when Jesus came in. A weariness. And God sent Jesus to redeem this world and to provide us with a new paradigm for living in our lives. And so I need to embrace that. Amidst the uncertainty as we head into 2022 and all that that's gonna bring, that's what I wanna embrace in these days. I wanna invite you to embrace that. So I, I want to I give us some questions again to, to help us live this out, to apply this to our lives. You can take these and you can put these before the Lord this week and allow Jesus to be at work in you. First question. Do I embrace the process of refining, the removal of impurities when it comes to faith in my life? Two, where might God be allowing me to experience hard things in order to refine my faith? Three, what am I worried, frustrated, anxious about heading into 2022? How can I invite Jesus into this to make me more like him? Four, how can I pursue deeper devotion with Jesus and experience more of his joy in 2022? And five, Who could I talk to and invite to walk with me through this in 2022? Who can be beside me to help me? Because we need each other. We need one another in these days. Let's pray. Father, I wanna thank you for the living hope that we have in Jesus. I want to thank you, God, how you are so faithful not to leave us in the state that we're in, but you are faithful to come to us and invite us to be made more like your son, Jesus, and to experience the life and the joy and the fullness of it that's in Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives in these days and amidst what feels like upheaval and feels like a loss of control. We thank you, God, that you're working. Jesus, would you do all that you want to do in us? Lord, I pray that we would have surrendered hearts, that we would embrace the posture of Jesus in these days, one of meekness and humility and serving others thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in us. We worship you. Amen.